0: Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat.
1: I'm Jan Moffat.
0: And this week we watched and we'll be talking about How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie?
1: Dr. Seuss' How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a 1966 animated television special, directed and produced by Chuck Jones, starring the voice of... Boris Karloff, and the singing voice of Thurl Ravenscroft.
0: Who's un- is he credited?
1: I do not think he is. I don't
0: think he is. I always thought that it was Boris Karloff singing. Now that I'm an adult, it doesn't sound like him. hmm Except for the baritone of it. It doesn't sound like him.
1: Yep. Thurl Ravenscroft, by the way, is uh, Tony the Tiger.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's... Many voices. Mm. But yeah, he's great!
1: So Paul, will you tell us a little bit about the plot of How the Grinch Stole Christmas?
0: I sure will. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not.
1: You can't quote the whole book, though.
0: The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. No one knows why, Oh, don't ask the reason.
1: that you're already misquoting.
0: I know, I did it wrong. (laughs) Um, So the Grinch decides that he's going to stop Christmas from coming because of the noise, 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 noise. So he dresses as Santa Claus, steals all the Who's presents and prepares to dump them into the abyss. But when the Who's sing anyway, the Grinch's heart grows three sizes and he returns all their presents and discovers the true meaning of Christmas, which is... (laughs) Shrugamuchi, <laughs> <laughs> not presents. Opposite not presents, presents. though. That's what happens. Yep. In this movie, this—if you listened last week—you'll know that we watched this the same week as we watched the Charlie Brown Christmas. Like the Charlie Brown Christmas, this is a half-hour TV special, not a movie. But we're giving it a half hour or so of conversation because I think it is. There's. Stuff to talk about.
1: Hey, Paul? Yes? Did the Grinch make you cry? No. Oh, too bad. But his heart grew three sizes and broke that little thingy.
0: (laughs) Objectively speaking, Jan, how good of a movie is How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Remembering that it's not a movie. Also, uh, maybe we should acknowledge there are two other movie versions of this that are full-length movies. One starring Jim Carrey, live-action... Uh, about which the less said, the better. And another one that has is in theaters now. I think it with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch. I haven't seen that one, and don't know how it holds up at all. We're talking about the '66 animated version. Objectively, how good is the 1966 animated TV special version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Jan?
1: Objectively, it is the best Grinch, even though I haven't seen the new one. Mm-hmm. Objectively, Dr. Seuss is a fantastic writer. He is. He is one of the best children's writers of all time. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. And the pff- words of this special come almost directly from his work. And those, the, what's been added has been added by him. Right. So... You cannot deny that this is a beautiful, wonderful, perfect
0: script. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's so much, I mean, like, the things about what makes Dr. Seuss's script so good, just to say for a moment, everyone remembers the nonsense words, uh, but those nonsense words are just a symptom of Dr. Seuss having both mastery of the language and also an incredible amount of joy in the language. And so he just clearly loves the sound of the words that he's writing. Mm -hmm. And he makes these rhymes that are great. Uh, Like, he hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. That's a great rhyme. That's Mm -hmm. not nonsense word rhymes. And when people imitate Dr. Seuss... They rhyme real words with nonsense words. What Dr. Seuss does is generally rhyme a nonsense word with another one. Mm -hmm. And the nonsense words are for the sheer joy, right? It's not because he lacks the ability to come up with a rhyme.
1: The nonsense words in The Grinch are exclusively in the TV special and not in the book. There are no nonsense words in the book.
0: Except Grinch.
1: Except the word Grinch.
0: And like, add to that... He has his the meter of Doctor Seuss's writing is recognizably Doctor Se- like he always writes in the same meter and it's his meter, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's so good at it. This is another thing that like people when they recreate it, writing in a strict meter like he does is not as easy as it seems.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and people like to shove an extra syllable in there or put the, they end up with the stress in the wrong place because most people don't understand that poetry is not just about syllables, it's about stresses, rhythmic poetry. But Dr. Seuss is, like, pitch perfect 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He never fudges a syllable. And he never has a syllable that seems like it's put in there just for the sake of the syllable. Like, he has, I think, this is a controversial statement, I think he has as good a rhythmical ear as Tennyson.
1: Whoa, Paul.
0: I know. (laughs) Look, if you know English, the history of English poetry, Tennyson is famously, like, has the best year out there. <laughs> hmm <laughs> Better than... Anyway. Um, so Dr. Seuss is Dr. so Seuss good is as a as a writer of a script. hmm So good. And then there's, like, the storyness of it. I mean, and the story of the Grinch, we'll get more to, but, like, what Dr. Seuss also really excels at is the bit of, uh, chaos, the bit of anarchy (laughs) that he injects into his stories. Mm -hmm. And the most famous example of that is The Cat in the Hat, where, like, The Cat in the Hat famously was written by Dr. Seuss in, like, uh, in... Protest, internal protest, like he was disappointed with and disgusted with the like, see Dick, see Dick, run, run, Jane, run. Uh, and the Cat in the Hat is is a response to that
1: mm-hmm.
0: of like, kids' books don't have to be crappy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and the Cat in the Hat comes into the book and causes like mayhem. And in the Grinch, we have the same thing. Like, the Grinch goes down into the Who village and causes mayhem, and there's... It ends up getting contained, and there's a moral to the story, but, like, he lets things get out of control in his books in a way that's very uh, appealing. <laughs> hmm And it matches beautifully with the next thing about what makes this movie, I think, objectively, is Chuck Jones's direction. Chuck Jones... Famously directed like Looney Tunes, uh, Road Runner, and uh, Bugs Bunny, right? Mm-hmm. And we can see that sensibility and that skill in how the Grinch stole Christmas, and it pairs so well with Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. That sense of anarchy in Looney Tunes is Seussin', Seussian. Mm-hmm. And all the things that the Grinch does, like playing pool with the Christmas tree and, like, opening the Christmas tree like an umbrella and all that, thats would be right at home if Wile e. Coyote was doing it.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And it's part of what always was so much the uh, joy of Wile e. Coyote. Like, there's a sense in Looney Tunes also of this anarchy of, like, you're... Oh, Almost like you're getting away with something, mm. watching it because they're not following the rules like we are supposed to.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Absolutely.
0: I have not noticed before the Chuck Jonesiness of how the Grinch stole Christmas until this time when I was paying attention for it. It was really there. There's so much Looney Tunes to this uh, TV special mm. movie.
1: Absolutely, much like the Charlie Brown one that we talked about last week. The animation is taking something that's flat and 2D and making it animated and moving it around and giving it dimension, and having it turn in new ways. And I think they do a fantastic job of taking these Dr. Seuss drawings and moving them around in a new whole new world and adding all those extra little things like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's objectively fantastic.
0: And this is where last week, when you were talking about the animation of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, and I didn't really let you say that it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Part of that is because this is great, mm-hmm. like in just technical animation skill. Mm-hmm. This is a different caliber from a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, right. Chuck Jones knows what he's doing,
1: mm-hmm. animating
0: a thing. Yeah, and it shows. And even
1: our daughter pointed out at the very start. The snowflakes are like actual snowflakes. They're not just dots in the air. They're intricate little snowflakes going across the screen as the movie begins. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. Like, that's stellar. That's really good animation. That's good, like, drawing for, and would be barely visible in the 60s on a, you know, one of those tiny, tiny TV screens. Think about how small the TVs were back then.
0: The music, the voice acting. Do you have things to say about? I those mean, things?
1: Boris Karloff. The reason why I don't like any other Grinch is because Boris Karloff spoiled it for me. Yeah, like his delivery of Dr. Seuss's lines are just so good.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the singing—I mean, the songs are great. The classic songs, the silly, like the nonsense song, the Who sing, and the You're mean One, Mister Grinch. I don't. I the, mean, there's a reason why this is a classic.
0: I think the Who's song is not great. I think it's fine. But I think You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a great song. Mm-hmm. In all the, like, such fun, clever words. And the the tune is great. And it. Thurl Ravenscroft does a, such a good job singing
1: it. Something I've mentioned in previous episodes of Way Too Seriously is this taking of a picture book and moving it on to... A movie or a tv special mm-hmm. or whatever and the reason why i dislike uh the jim carrey grinch so much is because of you taking a chill taking a picture book and expanding it loses a lot of what it's like and so we have this this tv special from the 60s that we can watch that's just so it keeps everything about the book mm-hmm. and and it does add things and does add the song and the extra nonsense stuff, but keeps it, you know, short and concise and good. And other movies tend to add extra backstory and extra stuff. And it just, it doesn't work when you do that to it. Yeah, When you take a picture book and expand it to a two hour movie, it often just is not good.
0: It's filler at best. And it, like filler that is meaningless at best and it dilutes the significance of the text at worst so mm-hmm. that like everything that was great about it gets just watered down
1: mm-hmm. polar express uh-huh <laughs> so <laughs> non-objectively don't add us the polar express. <laughs> non-objectively how much do you enjoy this tv animated special
0: i love it I think, actually, I think objectively How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a better TV special and movie than The Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't love it as much, though. No. But I do love it. I really enjoy it. We watch it every year. Yep. It's one of the three things we watch every year at Christmas. Yep. And I would miss it if we didn't. hmm Of the three things we watch at Christmas, it's the one I could lose the easiest, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so.
0: But it's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it. There's a lot to... There's a lot of visual humor, and the the visual humor in the songs are what I end up enjoying the most. Mm-hmm. How about you?
1: Yeah, 100%. I... Like you said, I like Charlie Brown Christmas a little better, but I love The Grinch, and I love this animated special so much. Uh... It wouldn't be Christmas without watching it at least once. Our youngest daughter got a stuffed Grinch Mm -hmm. a few years ago for her birthday and at Christmas time it kind of comes out and has a place of honor and becomes a beloved toy again. It's kind of, it's pretty neat to have that around. Yeah. And a beautiful, we have a beautiful copy of the, of the book as well. So it definitely has a place in my heart and a place in my Christmas lineup. And like you said, it's one of three movies that we absolutely have to watch every year.
0: Yeah. And I said it's the one I could e- most easily lose. But even after I, even as I said that, I don't know if that's true. I would miss, I would really miss it if I didn't watch it every year. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot.
1: And it's nice to have two half hour specials. And so we just watch them back to back almost every year. It's always just The Grinch and Charlie Brown. We watch them back to back. Yep, And it makes, uh, it's good. So moving into our way Way, way, too
0: seriously
1: portion into of our show, what possibly could we take seriously about the Grinch?
0: I mean, I hinted about this at the very beginning when I was describing the story. A weakness of how the Grinch stole Christmas, I think, is that it doesn't, it, uh, wimps out. (laughs) 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 That... you know, the the key moment of the story that, like, maybe Christmas doesn't... Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. What does it mean more than coming from a store, Dr. Seuss? I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> Some kind of vague sense of...
1: Love and singing.
0: Like, it's just an unsatisfying ending. Mm-hmm. And it makes his, like they're happy even though they didn't get presents so he's redeemed okay like the the fact that they're happy that they're singing joyfully even without their presents i get that that okay i can feel that i get that but it it like it pulls its punches this show mm. right yeah. yeah and the book too yeah uh
1: i don't know what it was supposed to do though because they're not people No. It's a little confusing that it's about Christmas at all. It is. Because they're who's, and they're this vague sense of, like, Christmas as a gift-giving time, not as a religious holiday.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this in the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, but to say for here, like, it just means less. Christmas Mm. as a gift-giving time is all very nice, and all very good, and I'm not opposed to it at all, and I don't think that that's a war on Christmas. But... It just is less profound. It mm-hmm. just is, right? And so Christmas without any deeper meaning doesn't have a deeper meaning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so this the Grinch's version of Christmas isn't about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it ends up falling a little flat, I think, in the end. Yeah. Even just in plot terms, like, it falls flat, because what is, Chris- this, what is this Christmas about in this world? Mm-hmm. Christmas time is in our grasp as long as we have hands to clasp.
1: I—I th- I mean, what it's trying to say, and you can think that it fails, and that's fair enough. But what it's trying to say is that it's trying to give a moral message. Yeah. That people are obsessed with the right gifts and the right and giving gifts and doing th- doing all the right things and having things from a store when. It's not really about that. It can be about other things. And you can have a jolly Christmas even without, even if you didn't have presents. And if you woke up in the morning on Christmas morning and everything was stolen from your house, could you rejoice anyway? Could you find joy in just the fact that it's Christmas anyway? And I think a lot of us would say, no, I couldn't. Yeah. That would be really hard. And so it's to show that the who's... Can find joy in that, and bring joy to each other Hmm. in that.
0: Yeah, and I like a lot that, uh, I like what it shows in that ending that, I mean, it's kind of obvious plot movement, but it's, uh, there's some profundity to, like, he brings back their presence because they're happy without them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. He
0: isn't moved by their sadness to pity them and bring back their presents. It's the fact that they don't need them makes him give them back. I like that a lot. I think mm. that's a profound thought.
1: People should only get things if they think they don't need them?
0: No, but that, like, what transforms people's hearts is not only... I'm not saying it is, isn't ever pity, but that what transforms people's hearts is not only pity for someone's sad state; it's inspiration, and uh, uh, it also can be being inspired by people's hope and joy. Mm. You know. Yeah. I like that. I'm not saying that being inspired by people's sadness to be pita- to be merciful to them isn't also a an equally good message. Mm-hmm. I just like that there's that's not the only way to change people's hearts, you
1: know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: So there's a thing about the Grinch, okay? Yeah. We talked about adaptation. Mm-hmm. The Grinch cartoon mm-hmm. is an adaptation of Dr. Seuss's book. Mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss's book is there there's a uh, some kind of creature. That lives in a cave outside the town. And when he hears all the noise that they're making, he gets upset and attacks. That's the story of Beowulf. (laughs) (laughs) The Grinch is Grendel. And (laughs) How the Grinch Stole Christmas is the story of Beowulf. (laughs) Dr. Seuss. What? (laughs) Theodore Giesel uh, went to Oxford at the same time as Tolkien did.
1: No way, are you serious?
0: I am serious.
1: He could have been one of the Inklings.
0: He could have been one of the Inklings. But he, like, he knew Beowulf. Po- Tolkien was repopularizing Beowulf for a new generation. hmm Like, in Dr. Seuss's orbit. Yeah. Right? So it was actually less of a stretch than you might think. <laughs> the other... Thing that Doctor Seuss is, how the Grinch stole Christmas, is is it's also the story of uh, Gawain and the Green Knight, <laughs> because it's a green, otherworldly character who comes in to test the moral character of the community at Christmas time, <laughs> which is the story of Gawain and the Green Knight. Which is just to say that how the Grinch stole Christmas is a very medieval story. <laughs>
1: This is all a bit of a stretch, the Grin- I must say.
0: The queen the Green Knight one is a bit more of a stretch than the Beowulf one. I think the Beowulf one is, like, not at all a stretch. <laughs> but the queen and the Green Knight one is a bit more of a stretch because the Grinch doesn't get beheaded. Although he does, his head isn't screwed on quite right. <laughs> There is attention paid to the fact that his head is not attached in the way that a normal head is attached. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially in the cartoon.
0: Especially in the cartoon.
1: Well, I mean, you have a bit of a relationship with the Grinch right now in that you've been tweeting out about the
0: Grinch. Yeah, every year at. And I'm not making up this connection to justify this thing. This connection. This medieval connection is something that I and other people had noticed, and it's what inspired me to do every year at during December. I have a uh Twitter account a Grinch there was where I tweet out a translation of the Grinch who stole Christmas in middle English every day a mm-hmm. uh, translation I wrote uh, and it's mostly on the d l <laughs> I don't advertise the connection between me and this, except, like, one tweet at the end. Uh, But here I'm saying it out loud. But, uh, so it's uh, very in my mind, all during Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I spend a long time with it, and I polish my translation of it, and it's a translation of the book, not the show, so I'm very aware of the difference between the book and the show, because Mm -hmm. I've, like, line by line, word by word, looked at the book and thought a lot about it and translated it all into middle english. You can find that at a grinch there was t h e r w a s because yeah, it's middle english. You'll put English-y.
1: it in the show notes so people can find it, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. But I think it's part of the reason that why that how grinch stole christmas is uh so lasting is because it's touching on like ancient themes. And I think ancient mm-hmm. stories are not necessarily, a story isn't necessarily better because it's ancient, but an ancient story that survives uh, has shown some something tenacious about it that demonstrates something worth paying attention to in it. And so Grinch stole, How Grinch Stole Christmas, being like Beowulf and uh, Gwen and the Green Knight is like, it's it's pulling on the same things that have resonated for thousands of years.
1: Mm. Yep.
0: Or, like, you know, no one knows exactly how old Beowulf is. So a thousand years, mm-hmm. give or take.
1: It's definitely a common, like, to have a monster that takes things away is something that's just there through all of history. Mm-hmm. Anything else you're looking at too seriously about the Grinch?
0: I mean, we could talk about animal cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: really mean to Max. He's really mean
0: to Max. What's really Max doesn't deserve that.
1: I don't. I yeah. I'm glad that he turns good in the end because Max deserves a better owner. He does. Than the Grinch, little Cindy Lou, who is awfully articulate for being no more than two.
0: She is. She <laughs> does not talk like a two year old. No. <laughs> there's one more actually. There's one more thing about how the Grinch stole Christmas book and show that I want to just talk about. I don't in the way too seriously. This is. A very unserious way too seriously this time. But uh, I tweeted this a while ago, and I'll say it here. Dr. Seuss, when How the Grinch Stole Christmas came out, the Grinch says for 53 years I've put up with it now, Dr. Seuss was 53 years old when he wrote How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm -hmm. And he has said in interviews that the Grinch is... uh, No, his daughter has said the Grinch was uh, my father on a bad day. The cat in the hat was him on a good day. Hmm. (laughs) And he wrote that he has said that the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas was his attempt to rediscover something about Christmas that he felt like he had lost. Hmm. So.
1: And it's very relatable in that as a parent now, as an adult now, that idea of, like, noise, 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 <laughs> noise. <laughs> like, sometimes I just tweet out a gif of that Grinch thing of, like, oh, the noise of the children is just a little much sometimes. <laughs> and, like, the children... No matter how much you teach them not to be selfish, children are just selfish creatures by, by yeah. nature. And so... The demandingness can be just so tiring, and you're just constantly having to tell them not to be demanding and not t- and to be grateful and to be thankful and all that stuff. But that's something that you have to teach children to be. And so the younger they are, the more demanding they can be. Mm-hmm. And the more you can feel like for years I've been putting up with this. And I can imagine fifty three <laughs> years <laughs> it's like i'm just I've just had enough of this.
0: Yeah, there's a point, I think, of adulthood where you start to really empathize with the Grinch. Yeah. Like, just the noise. The, noise, the noise, 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 noise. Yeah, for sure.
1: And like, and for the first time watching it this time, when they're playing with their derm splatters and their flam 2 goers or whatever it is... They are just making noise. They're not making any kind of music. They have all these, like, musical instruments that are all crazy, but none of them are actually making music. They're just going... It's true. So, like, I can relate to how not nice that feels.
0: (laughs) Having musical instruments but not playing music is like a slap in the face. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Speaking
0: of which, did you pick up the accordion I ordered? (laughs) No, we will get it tomorrow. (laughs) Um... In it, like, the things we usually talk about in Way Too Seriously we haven't touched on at all. That, like, this is little Cindy Lou Who is the female presence in this. Mm, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't have anything much to say that isn't boring.
1: Yeah, it's just, like, there's, like, two characters in this movie. Yeah, there's, there's Max, there's the Grinch, there's barely a Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. So. It's hard to say. Yeah, this is very male dominated movie, but it's also a single character movie.
0: Yeah. Who happens to be male? Happens to be, but it's but one of the reasons he happens to be is because Dr. Seuss kind of has a gender problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the other reasons is that he's a stand-in for Dr. Seuss himself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Is it good? Is it seriously good?
0: It's definitely good. Mm -hmm. It's definitely good. I think it is seriously okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I don't think there's anything that like, it's seriously good, so seriously good. But like it's like medium good. Like there's nothing really bad about it, but I don't think there's anything really stellar about it.
0: No, in serious terms, I don't... Honestly, I don't think it is even seriously medium good. I think it's seriously medium. There's nothing bad about it at all. It's not offensive. It's not make doing anything good, though, in serious terms. The mm-hmm. moral message is the weak point of the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, like, the Christmas doesn't just come in a store is not a strong enough moral message to make up for ever involved in this movie is a white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: yeah, that's a good point.
0: So I think it's good. Mm hmm. Solidly good. Yeah. But I think it's only seriously medium.
1: Seriously medium.
0: Mm
1: hmm. Um, we forgot to say this about Charlie Brown, but what ages is it for? Off. Oh. All ages. All ages. Yeah. Charlie Brown's for all ages. The Grinch is for all ages. Just covers our last two. They're yep. in one
0: swoop. For sure. So if you like. What we do here on Way Too Seriously, you can find us on Facebook and Reddit and Instagram. You can talk back to us and tell us what you think of How a Grinch Stole Christmas. If you love the Jim Carrey version, you know, you can talk, You can tell us that.
1: <laughs> my my coworker talked about how much she liked it because she grew up with it. And I was like, oh, I just, <sighs> no, I didn't grow up with this one. It came out in the 60s. But still, it's the best one.
0: It's objectively better than the Jim Carrey version, but I'd still hear what you have to say about it. I don't know if it's objectively better than the Benedict Cumberbatch version, because I haven't seen it yet. Who knows? If you've seen that one, uh, and want to tell us whether it's worth our time, anything, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on Twitter, at wtscast. You can send us an email, waytoseriouslycast, at gmail.com. If you like the things we do, you can rate and review us, and that is always very appreciated. You can support us on Patreon. That keeps us doing the things we do, uh... And we are eternally grateful. And then we could do some things, like buy some things from Christmas that do come from a store. (laughs) Um... Anything else that we say at this point?
1: I think you've covered it.
0: So I've been Paul Moffat.
1: I've been Jan Moffat.
0: And if there's
1: one thing I can't stand, it's the,
0: the noise, 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 noise! Who's <laughs> wicht below that wanted in Wichtown, with Christmas was clean, baldly quammed, but not the Grinch that North Wicktown nestled. The Grinch was with Christmas a grillnut and gritched, so the Grinch hated Yule, the whole Yule-tide straight speezed. Queer not quere for I ken not the cause. Peraventure his pate was not properly pinned, peraventure his patterns were too petit. But I deem that the likeliest ground of all in town I hear apart, the cause of his fall, must nedly be his heart, was too lengths too small. But whatsoever the way, his heart o'er his hail, he sat on Christmas Eve in straight space in the Wichtin, Gasping adown from his grove, the Grinch gloomed at the windows all lit.